0: I always, I always made people laugh. I got in trouble for it all the time. That's why I just go by the stage name Mr. Jackson because that's all you would hear. The teacher would be like, "Mr. Jackson, go to the office. Go to the office, <laughs> Mr. Jackson."
1: Welcome to episode six of Syracuse Side Hustles, a podcast that is exactly what it sounds like. We set out to find people in the Syracuse area who are doing interesting things on the side, and oh, did we find them! I'm your host, Lizzie Goldsmith, and this episode, we're giving the microphone to local comedian, Torrance Jackson.
0: My name is Torrance Jackson. My stage name is Mr. Jackson. I'm 42 years old. My day job is a forklift operator, and my side hustle is a comedian and photographer. So all day long, I'm just on the forklift, either loading trucks, unloading trucks, or um, sorting packages off the line. It's so easy to just be on autopilot as you pick boxes up, but you still want to think about And I'm like, no, I can't think about that. Now I have to focus. But in the meantime, I'll have my little notepad in my pocket. And if I think of something, I'll jot it down. I want to have a joke for everybody in the room, whether it's relationships, TV, fast food, school, pets, cats, dogs, fish. I watch headline news. I watch a lot of TV. You always get a joke, but it's I mean, even though it's funny, you still have to put it together and turn it into a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shark Tank Comedy Club. Tonight we got some great entertainers for you. Our first entertainer tonight, one of my favorites, good buddy of mine, Mr. Jackson. I have my core set of jokes that I tell, but then I'll also sprinkle in something new. Just talking about me and the things that I don't like and the things that I go through. You know, I'm not. I'm not a one-line, a one-liner comic. You know, I have like a story, a whole story I tell. I think I'm pretty original. I, I do. I I tell certain jokes that I haven't heard any other comedians talk about, and some of the topics that I talk about, I haven't heard other comedians do. If an established comedian says anything remotely close to my my joke or my premise, I'll scratch it. I'll just throw it away because they're established and I'm not. If you watch too much comedy, you might end up regurgitating something that you heard. You know what I mean? Because sometimes stuff gets trapped in the back of your brain and you'll end up saying it on stage. And as you're saying it, you're in your head like, that's not your joke. I hate the misuse and overuse of certain words. So I'm in Subway, right? I'm eating a Sub. Five white girls walk in. They get their food, they're sitting down next to me. I didn't think nothing of it. One of them bit into a chocolate chip cookie. She's like, "Oh my god, this tastes amazing." Mm. So eating my son. then she takes a phone call. She's like, "No, no, Amy has a recital at 3:30 p.m. No, we went to it. We went and got her dress. We picked her dress up already. We got it from Macy's. Yes, it looks amazing." So now they're all talking at the table. Everybody's talking. I guess they were talking about somebody's boyfriend. She's like, no, Johnny loves her. He loves his girlfriend. He buys her flowers every week. He buys her perfume from Macy's, and oh, my God, it smelled. And I'll hold the microphone out, and the crowd will go, amazing. And I'm like, I hate that because the definition of amazing means awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping. Everything she mentioned did not qualify for amazing at all. Like, people, I've seen a crackhead climb a telephone pole and some flip-flops. And he hooked up cable with some pliers. Now that. And the crowd's like, oh, amazing! That's one of my best jokes.
1: Even though he doesn't watch much comedy, Torrance tries to stay connected with the comedy community, both in and outside of the Syracuse area. He photographs comedians as they pass through the Salt City.
0: My influences are... Any comedian that's willing to get on stage and try to make complete strangers laugh, like, you have to tip your hat to them. It, it it's hard. There is hard. Sometimes you get on stage, you have people with their arms folded, and they're just looking at you like, make me laugh. I started out with like nine comedians. There's only like four of us now. A lot of people quit. But those main four still come to the open mics, and that's, that's us, yeah, right there at the open mic. So all the local comedians, basically, just to support. There's a guy named Dean Edwards, he's established, and um, I took pictures of him at Funny Bone, and he followed me on Instagram, and all of a sudden, you know, he was like, hey, if you have any questions, just you know, feel free to DM me. So I'm like, really? So, And he answers every time. I've hosted for him twice.
1: Torrance hasn't always had easy access to help and advice from established comedians. He's come a long way from the first time he tried his hand at comedy.
0: I went to a comedy show in 2009. I saw Earthquake perform at Funny Bone in Virginia Beach, and a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, I need to be doing this. I need to be telling jokes. He was just talking, you know, he was just relating to the crowd. And I looked around, I just saw everybody lighting up, laughing, and and I started to think like, man, I think I can do this. So at the end of the show, I, I went out front so I could be like the first one to watch everybody walk out. And everybody that came out was just in a good mood. They were like high-fiving each other, and people were holding hands and hugging. And I was like, you know what? I want to make people feel like that. I, I want to make people feel like that. So that's when I knew I wanted to do comedy. But it was just a matter of figuring out what to say and how to break into it. So in 2011, I went to my first open mic, and I started telling jokes. It was horrible. <laughs> Well, it was nerve-wracking, like, I was sweating so bad. I got up and I was, I recorded it. Oh man, I was talking so fast. I was just trying to speed through my jokes because it was awkward. I never had people just staring at me before. And that's what you have to get used to as a comedian. You have to get used to the silence. And what I learned was, when it's silent and people are looking at you, you have their attention. You just have to say something. It's when you hear talking and you hear glasses chattering, on, that's when you're bombing. That's it's not going well. So it was just, it was I, they were listening, but it was just I was nervous. I was way too nervous. So I just sped through and got off stage.
1: Torrance's family has also played a large role in getting him to where he is today. Even though they don't go to his shows.
0: I think I curse too much for him. You know what I mean? But my sister, she supports, she's always at the shows. She's always commenting on whatever I post online or whatever, but yeah, she's she's a fan. That's good. My nephew, he, he's talking about, he wanna tell jokes now. I'm like, what? No, man, stay in school. It's weird, because he's only eight, but he's like my friend. You I know, mean, he's like, my, he's my little best friend, man. I, I love him. Yeah, he, I just wanna show him everything that I did. It's just me, my mother, my father, my sister, and my nephew, that's it. The rest of my family's in Detroit or down south. So I feel like we really need to, you know, stick together and be together all the time because we all we got, we all we got, you know.
1: Over the years, Torrance has worked a number of odd jobs to support himself as he pursues his love of comedy. It's been a long road to get to where he is today. As a teenager, his life seemed to be going in a very different direction when he got a football scholarship to Norfolk State University
0: almost went pro, but uh, (laughs) that didn't work out. So I ended up coming back home, and I couldn't find a job in my major. I'm a communications major. So I ended up just uh, working various jobs here and there, still trying out for football. Um, Just wasting time, (laughs) wasting my life. You just work, and then they tell you to go home, and that's it. That feeling you get from brightening somebody's day, I don't care if it's just one person, if I'm in a room of 50 people and I make one person laugh, I'm satisfied. But it would be great to get a check from just making people laugh. That's <laughs> that's like my ultimate goal, to be able to just pay my bills. I don't care about the fame and everything. I just want to be able to, to pay my bills doing something that I love. Next five years, um, I can see myself featuring, um, just opening up for headliners. Don't let anybody tell you You can't do it. Just keep going. If You're gonna get discouraged. There's gonna be hard times, but you gotta keep doing it. If you're really passionate about it and you really love to do it, you have to keep doing it. Everything will work itself out.
1: Torrance and his nephew document all of their adventures on YouTube on what he calls the Uncle Neff Show. Catch Torrance performing at Syracuse Funny Bone Practicing his open mic routine at Georgia O'Day's Pub on Thursday nights, or the occasional show at Funkin' Waffles. For more show information, follow Torrance on Instagram at Mr. Jackson One for comedy sketches, memes, and show photos, or at Mr. Jackson Two for graffiti photography. And that's Mr. Jackson J-A-X-N. You've been listening to Syracuse Side Hustles. I'm Lizzie Goldsmith. This episode was written and produced by Lauren Steckley, Marissa Rousseau, and Randy Plavica, with additional help from Katie Intner, Dushawn Williams, and Lizzie Goldsmith. Opening music was composed by Eric Sargent. You can find out more about Torrance Jackson's stand-up routine and his photography collection at SyracuseSideHustles.com.